This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello and welcome to another Engineering Academy, where we're exploring an A to Z of everything engineering. Let's spin the wheel and see where we're engineering today. Over to Engers to spin the wheel. It's L. And L is for lighting. Thanks, Engers. Let there be light. If you add up the hours over a year, we only have daylight on average half of the time. So when it's dark, we need to make our own light. If we didn't have artificial light, we wouldn't be able to see where we are or where we're going, read a book after dark, watch TV or play a computer game. And don't forget, the most important light of all, in our fridges. Without that, we'd never find that tasty morsel at the back. Most man-made light used to come from candles and then light bulbs. But today we use LEDs for light in our homes and schools, the street lamps that keep us safe on the roads, the light that help dentists see into our mouths, and not forgetting dazzling light displays at the theatre and concerts. And there's a type of engineering that specialises in lighting. Over to Engers to tell us more. Thanks. Being a lighting engineer is a very varied job. They might be designing new light sources or what we call luminaires. That's light fittings which we use to light our homes, shops and offices, as well as outdoor areas like stations, city squares, main roads and motorways. And then there's also specialist lighting for things like film sets, concerts and sports stadiums. And there's one thing that all these places have in common. It's the light itself. Without a lamp or an LED... And there was no light. To produce light, we used to use lamps, sometimes known as bulbs. Over many decades, these were developed enormously to produce more and more light. Today, we use LEDs, as they produce a lot of light but use a lot less energy and less heat. They also come in many different shapes, sizes and colours, helping designers create interesting light fittings, which allow us to change the mood of our rooms. And don't forget, it's not just lights that have LEDs. There's the standby button on appliances, the screen on your mobile phone and, don't forget, your torch. Lighting engineers will have helped develop all of these. To do so, they need to know about materials and how we can convert electricity into light. They also need to understand how lights behave, like how bright they will be, how warm they might get, and how much energy they'll consume. As well as developing new things, lighting engineers work on improving existing lights, perhaps increasing their lifespan or to use less energy, so they help the environment and create less waste. And as well as designing different luminaires, they can help work out which one is the right one for the job. We need lots of different types of lighting for our daily lives. Did you know there are different colours of white light which can change how we feel? Cool white light is bluer and it's similar to daylight. It helps keep us awake and alert and at our most active. It's mostly used in offices, shops and sports pitches. Warm white light with more yellows and oranges is more relaxing, comfortable and is better in the evening to help us rest and sleep. Cafes and restaurants use it to welcome us in. Maintaining lighting systems is vital for business and also to keep us safe on the roads. And that's another part of the job. 
whether refitting a factory or designing updated motorway lighting. Now, that's all serious and sensible stuff, right? But there's another role called a lighting designer, and that's someone who's a little bit more, well, showbiz. If you've been to the theatre, you'll know that lighting can be used to create exciting and atmospheric events and displays, from spotlights and glitter balls to seasonal light shows. As well as live performances, television shows and films, lighting designers create light effects for events such as festivals, dance recitals and weddings. They create effects to enhance scenes and determine moods through a lighting control panel. They will collaborate with directors to plan and execute lighting elements throughout a performance. It's a creative job and there's lots of tech which needs to work with and control the lighting. My name is Gus Ketterlings. I'm a senior lighting engineer uh, focusing mainly on public realm lighting. So I tend to get more involved in, in projects right from the very start to the, to the very end. So this means coming up with the ideas like how we're going to light stuff um, or how we might light a building or a space and then testing it in, uh, in a render and making like, all the pretty images and visuals and then actually getting involved in the, the nuts and bolts so that we can make sure that we can actually well, build it. Also, you might see me playing outside with lighting and all the rest of it, like actually being on site uh, and, and trying how we want to, to light something. And that's what we call uh, side trials. The lighting industry is really quite versatile uh, because it touches on so many different disciplines. Um, for instance, if you if you might um, if you go into into manufacturing, you might touch on things like uh, mechanical engineering to make sure that the uh, the equipment is is structurally sound. You might go into electrical engineering to design the the printer circuit boards or uh, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you can even go into into software development. Uh, to make sure that you know the the software controlling the lighting uh, does what it's meant to do. Um, if you work for a consultancy like myself, you might be getting involved in reducing the impact we have on the environment, or uh, designing complex schemes for motorways, or or even stuff like designing large scale street lighting conversions for uh, local authorities, for instance. I really think there's a job for everyone. My passion for lighting started fairly young. I've always been a bit of a tinkerer, but I also love being creative, like making things or designing things and, and that sort of stuff. So at, at age 13, I got involved with stage production. So basically setting up and programming the lighting for uh, shows at my high school. I then took this forward and, and turned it into a bit of like a, a part-time job working at festivals. Funnily enough, that's also the route into my current career. In 2016, when I was 18, I worked at my first event in the United Kingdom because I'm, uh, you might have heard I'm not from here, I'm, I'm, I'm Dutch. So that was my first event in the UK. And eventually this, this turned into being an operator, so the person who controls the lighting for gigs with like 10,000 people. So, you know, significant festivals. I moved to the UK in 2017. And of course I needed a, a full-time job to, uh, to support my living here. But uh, I did fancy engineering more than uh, sort of the on and off stage work. So. My initial plan was to get a degree while starting a career, so working and, and studying at the same time. And that meant I, I landed a, an entry-level job at a manufacturer. But this has grown and grown over the years, so um, I've, I've since decided to not pursue my academic path because I, don't, I no longer need it. I've achieved the same end goal by an experiential route rather than having to study for three or four years. I think it's an important thing to challenge that, you know, anyone can get into this industry. You, you don't need a degree in, in engineering to get into this industry, no, and not to mention to get to a higher level in the industry, right? It's super important to, to challenge that belief, I think.
LEDs have only started becoming popular in the like 2010s-ish. So they've only really been around for 10 years. And I think the technology's really taken off in the, in the last two to three years. But we're starting to see some, some incredible innovation with things like flexible lighting and lighting that changes based on touch or like how many people are in the area, that sort of thing. So I really believe that we're only scratching the surface of what, what can actually be done. For homes, I really love that people are becoming more aware of how much lighting can affect how their home feels. You know, that that final little touch to make it home. So people are buying higher quality lighting. It's, it's generally speaking, it's warmer and more inviting. Or, or they even buy stuff like color changing lighting. Change the color depending on the mood or what they're doing. I think is is fascinating. I think one of the most important developments in general is called human centric lighting. And basically, that means that the the lighting color changes throughout the day to make you more alert or to, to help you sort of switch off at night and rest better. It doesn't change color drastically. It only changes uh, sort of like very, very subtly. But uh, I think that's, that's an area that's going to be taking off over the next few years, I reckon. So this project is basically the illumination of the 12 bridges going across the Thames in uh, in London. And what they try to do is they try to to emphasize the environments that they're in or sort of emphasize the the, the quote-unquote meaning of the bridge. So as an example, the Millennium Bridge has been lit using very thin strips. Now, the reason they did this is when it was originally designed, it was meant to be a blade of light, but that vision was never really realized. So they've now done this sort of 20 years later, they've made it an actual blade of light. I think it's probably one of the most important projects in in London uh, in terms of lighting. The reason being is that there are so many tourist spots in and among the Thames. So many people see it. It it just feels like they've finally woven the bridges into the modern fabric of the uh, the city. It's also, uh, I feel um, it's a bit sort of personal, I guess, you know, it it feels like the bridges are changing with the ever-changing city. So for instance, the bridges change color, but the city changes uh, in in terms of skyline. I love that sort of that dynamism. Every time I am there, I just have to swing by. I I need to have a look at it. Uh, It just feels like such a great space to be in. I believe that lighting is a real underdog in creative art. So when you talk about arts, people immediately think of painting and sculpting and that sort of thing. But lighting is just as much art. Light is your brush, I say, and, and the buildings or spaces are your canvas. Lighting affects everyone every day. It's such an essential part of our existence. I mean, without it, we wouldn't be able to see, right? Unfortunately, it does go unnoticed most times. And that's something I love challenging. With the projects we create uh, to, to make people aware and make them think, wow, that's incredible, only by using lighting. I, I just get immense satisfaction out of those kinds of interactions. I thought I would end up in engineering. I've always had that sort of click with it. So as a bit of background, I, I grew up in a, a farmer's village in the Netherlands. I lived there for 18 years. But this basically meant that we could do whatever we wanted. So often you'd find my friends and I strapping leaf blowers to bicycles or building hovercraft, even welding everything we could find together just for, for no reason. I was always a bit more of a, a techie kid, so more involved with computers and gaming. And I think this unlocked my more creative personality, like working with digital media, digital art, all that sort of thing. So combine this with the other, and you've got a perfect uh, perfect combination for the, light, the lighting industry. The reason being is that we experiment with renders and, and like making real world solutions, all the rest of it. As advice, I think 
follow your passion. I know that's a very cliche answer, but if you've got a real passion for problem solving and making things and and seeing something you've you've designed in the real world, if you love that, go and chase it. Don't be discouraged by the requirement for degrees or study or all the rest of it. Anyone can do it. And I think the second piece of advice I'd give, experiment, tinker, do stuff in your free time to, to create stuff is such a it's been such a pivotal um part of, of my career development taking me to, to that next step just because i'm doing stuff in my free time i think those are the two most important lessons i'd uh, i'd like to share and that's our take on the letter l it's been lovely if you'd like to check out some other types of engineering why not check out lead testing load or lubrication engineering Why not check out lead testing, load or lubrication engineering? Engineer Academy, created with support from the Royal Academy of Engineering. If you would like to find out more about the A to Z, visit funkinslive.com slash engineer. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com.